This show is going to be something of an eye-opener. And this is definitely not my usual guest. We'll be speaking with a dyed-in-the-wool liberal, a Jewish liberal Democrat by his own definition. But his research findings into the massive manipulation of public opinion, the surveillance and censorship by Google and Facebook and other tech giants are something we all need to hear and take action on. According to his Wikipedia entry, Dr. Robert Epstein is an American psychologist, professor, author, and journalist. He earned his PhD in psychology at Harvard University in 1981. He was the editor-in-chief of Psychology Today, a visiting scholar at the University of California, San Diego, and the founder and director emeritus of the Cambridge Center for Behavioral Studies in Concord, Massachusetts. But it's his exposing of the unbelievable control exerted by Google and other tech giants that have shaken the world on all sides of the political perspective. Stay tuned. Before we get into today's episode of the John Henry Weston Show, I wanted to take a minute to let you know that this episode is a quasi-kickoff to a new series of videos that we'll be publishing called Uncensored, Big Tech versus Free Speech. This series will cover interviews with various experts, professionals, individuals, and organizations who are all experiencing the suppression and censorship coming from big tech companies like Google, Facebook, and Twitter. These videos will be illuminating, shining a light on the dark truth of how these monopolies actively push forward the liberal agenda while crushing Christian values. We hope you'll watch each video as they come out weekly over the course of the next few months. Dr. Epstein, welcome to the program. It's my pleasure. It is absolutely fascinating to speak with you. I was saying just before uh, we got on together that uh, it's odd having you on my program because I think we come at things from the absolute opposite side of the political spectrum. Well, that's probably true. I'm, um, I'm, uh, I was at President Trump's uh, acceptance speech a few days ago in D.C., uh, but I am not a conservative. I, I don't have a conservative bone in my body, as I said when I testified before Congress last year. Uh, and so uh, the message I've been trying to get out there uh, has nothing to do with uh, my political views. In fact, uh, I think all of us need to hear the, hear the message because, again, uh, we need to set our politics aside and, uh, and try to understand what's happening with the tech companies and especially the way they're affecting democracy. So I would say no matter what your politics are, uh, this is something you need to learn about. Okay, so there's an interesting question that stems even from that right off the bat. So typically the direction that Google and Facebook are going is in what you might call your direction. It's definitely slanted to the left. I don't think there's any question about that. So one of the first questions would be, why are you concerned about it since things seem to be going in your direction? Oh, there's absolutely no question. There might have been a few years ago, but now there's no question at all. We know from leaks and we know from whistleblowers. Uh, we know from the pattern of donations and lots of other things that, that these big big co companies, especially Google and Facebook, uh, that they definitely uh, lean left, uh, support uh, Democrats, 
and uh, I should be, as you say, I should be pleased with that. Certainly a lot of members of my family are very pleased with that. Uh, but I'm not pleased with it because I've been studying in uh, controlled, randomized experiments now for almost eight years. I've been, control, control, uh, been studying and discovering the power that these companies have to shift opinions, attitudes, beliefs, purchases, and votes. Uh, and I've been, been quantifying this power that they have. Uh, with tens of thousands of people and covering five national elections so far, soon to be six. And, uh, you know, I'm scared to death by what I have found. So the reason I'm speaking up is because um, I don't care who these companies are favoring right now. The fact is they shouldn't have this kind of power. And years ago, I used to just speculate that they might be using the power now I'm no longer speculating. I know from uh, my own data. I know from uh, leaks of documents, emails, videos, and I know from statements made by whistleblowers that these companies are using this power strategically and deliberately uh, and on a very large scale. Now, the fact that they happen to be favoring Democrats in this country right now, who cares? There's a much bigger issue here because in different countries, by the way, they don't always favor people leaning to the left. In Cuba, they favor people leaning to the right. When Google uh, has off and on been working with the Chinese government, well, they're favoring the Chinese government in its effort to uh, control uh, its own people using technology. In other words, they do whatever they want to do. And so whoever they're favoring uh, today might not be who they're favoring tomorrow. These are, these are big issues involving surveillance, involving censorship, involving free speech, human autonomy. Uh, they're much bigger issues than, you know, who's going to win the next uh, senatorial race or presidency. Much, much bigger issues. And we've got to try to get some perspective on this and stop stop focusing on the kind of the minutiae because these issues are so important that I would say this year is a watershed year. In other words, this is the year where we either wake up and, and try to fight these companies or we will be turning over democracy uh, to these companies, Google especially, will literally be turning over democracy to these companies. And a little bit of history here. People have heard about uh, President Eisenhower's last speech before uh, Kennedy uh, became president. People remember a phrase from that speech. He warned about the rise of a possible military-industrial complex. But, you know, I went back and read the speech. He said a lot more than that. This was a most remarkable speech by, you know, a, a, a four-star general who led Allied forces in World War II, very much an insider. He also warned about the rise of a technological elite. That's his phrase. A technological elite that could control public policy without anyone knowing. And he said we have to be vigilant to make sure this doesn't happen. <clears throat> and the fact is we have not been vigilant. That technological elite now exists. And they are controlling public policy in ways that are absolutely mind-boggling. And as I say, I think 
this is the watershed year because I think this year we either fight mm -hmm. them or we surrender democracy to these companies and it's very possible we will never ever get it back right right so i mean one one of the underlying factors here is these are unelected people who are making decisions for all of society not only all of american society what you're looking at is it's almost all over the world well it is all over the world uh, except for china and of course google works with chinese uh, government it's all over the world. It's uh, it's more than two and a half billion people right now, and that that in within a year or two will we'll be past four billion people. Uh, one of the scariest leaks from Google was an eight-minute video, which you can find these days, called the Selfish Ledger. And that eight-minute video, uh, Google internally is saying to other people at the company, you know, we have the ability to re-engineer humanity. Maybe we should think about how to use that power. That's that's where things stand at this point. Right. Okay. So let's let's get into what exactly they are doing, what your studies have found. Well, of course, I could go on for hours about about that. In fact, I would uh, I would urge people to go to uh, my website and get. I, I've I have about. Uh, uh, 50 different articles, uh, scientific pieces, conference presentations at this point. Um, my written testimony before Congress is, is accessible online. You can go to either uh, my institute's website, which is aibrt.org, that's aibrt.org, or if you go to mygoogleresearch.com, uh, that should take you to a page uh, that will will bring you to many different uh, links uh, with lots of details. But to summarize briefly, um, back in 2013, uh, I discovered a phenomenon I ended up labeling SEAM, the search engine manipulation effect. Uh, this was uh, astonishing to me. This was a, a series of experiments I ran. These are controlled experiments. Uh, in which uh, I showed people uh, search results which favored one candidate or another, or neither candidate. That's a control group. Uh, and I, I had reason to believe, based on marketing research, which had been done at the time, that if indeed search results favored one candidate, and that means you know higher search results take you to web pages that make that candidate look good, better than the opponent, uh, that if there was this kind of favoritism, I thought it could shift uh, voting preferences by 2 or 3%. In the very first experiment uh, that I ran, I got a shift of over 48%, uh, which I, I, I really wow. barely believed uh, because that's impossible. Uh, repeated the experiment yeah. with more subjects, more participants, uh, got a shift of 63%. Uh, just kept doing this over 53? Six, 63% in the second experiment. 63%? Yeah. Wow. Well, by the time we got to the fourth experiment, uh, we were we, we did a nationwide 
experiment with more than 2,000 people from all 50 states, when, you're, when you have a big study like that, you can start to look at demographic differences. Uh, there, uh, we not only got large shifts, but in one demographic group, happened to be moderate Republicans, by the way, we got a shift of 80% mm. after just one search. Uh, we then went to India uh, with real voters in the middle of a very intense election in 2014. Uh, overall, got a shift with real voters right in the middle of an intense uh, campaign, election campaign. Easily got shifts of 20% or more in some demographic groups, uh, over 60%. So uh, then I, uh, that was uh, first reported by the Washington Post, I think, in 2013, some of our initial research. And then um, 2015 published uh, the first set of experiments in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, which is a pretty prestigious uh, scientific journal. And that article has gotten some attention, I can tell you, because it has been accessed or downloaded from the National Academy of Sciences more than 300,000 times. Now, I've never heard of that for a scientific article, no matter what it's about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely some interest. Uh, then I published a replication of that, of that study, the SEAMS study, in 2017. But that was, that was just the first of about a dozen discoveries of techniques that the internet has made possible uh, that are entirely in the hands of a couple of big tech companies that people are unaware of. In other words, these shifts occur without people's awareness. They don't know they're being manipulated. And these techniques don't leave a paper trail for authorities to trace. Think about that. In other words, okay, yeah. Right. So if you can unpack that a little bit for us, what does search engine manipulation, how does that even work? Because the search engines are just serving up what you yourself search for. So how is this manipulation? It's manipulation if uh, you're undecided. That's the key. If you're undecided and you're typing in not something like um, Trump is an idiot or Hillary is a criminal, you're, you're typing in something like um, Trump or tell me about Trump, or, uh, you know, you're typing in something neutral. Mm -hmm. uh, you type in the right. wall with Mexico. That's a neutral search term. Uh, in all of our experiments and in our monitoring projects, we use neutral terms like that. And the, and the fact is, what is right. what happens in that case where someone is undecided, meaning they're vulnerable? They're vulnerable. They can be shifted, and those are the people who decide who wins elections. And what we found was if... If people are undecided, so we always run experiments with people who are undecided as best we can, well, what happens is if they click on high-ranking search results, which is what we all do, 50% uh, of all clicks go to the top two search results, well, if those search results wow. are, you could say, biased, or statistically biased anyway, in other words, if those search results favor one candidate, they take you to web pages which make that candidate look really good, uh, then opinions shift. And, and the problem is people are very trusting of computer output. They're very trusting, especially of Google output. Uh, people have absolutely no idea when we do these experiments that they're being manipulated. Now, that's very, very dangerous because 
if you are being influenced and you can't see the source of influence, you end up deciding that you made up your own mind. That's very, very, very wow. dangerous. And that's that we've known for a long, long time. And that's what happens with these new kinds of of uh, techniques. So they're all subliminal. And this, people can't see that they're occurring. They end up concluding that they've made up their own mind. And remember, we're randomly assigning people to group A or group B. And if they're assigned to group A, they're, we're pushing them in the direction of candidate A. If they're in group B, we're pushing them in the mm -hmm. other direction. If they're in group C, we're not, we're not favoring either candidate. And by the way, in all of these experiments, we use real search results and real web pages, and, which are from real elections mm -hmm. with real candidates. So, uh, you know, the fact that we can push undecided people toward any candidate, that, that's, of course, that's the nature of being undecided, is that you're vulnerable. And, and information that, 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 might, that might, you know, affect your thinking, uh, it, has, it has an impact. And again, in some demographic groups, uh, it has an enormous impact. In other words, with some individuals, it has an enormous impact. So that was just the first discovery, though. I mean, they've, they've gotten, in some ways, worse and worse and worse and worse. The one we're studying now is, I think, the scariest uh, f form of influence that we've ever studied. Wow. Absolutely unbelievable. So this is just via means of search engine results that are being manipulated, that are, as you said, the first top two results are clicked on by 50% of the people. One of the things I read um, that you've written is that usually 95% of the people only look at the first page and therefore you, you've got only 5% of the people doing anything else. That's correct. And that's, that's really where these big numbers come from, uh, these big shift numbers come from. Uh, that's why we get shifts that are so large, is because people trust high-ranking search results. Very few go on to the next page. Now, it's not just search results, though, that cause these shifts. And it's not just search engines. There's a lot happening online that we've learned about over the years that goes beyond search results. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Our second discovery was of something we call SSE, which is the search suggestion effect. It turns out that when you start to type a search term into a Google search box, you're being manipulated yeah. from the very first character that you type. Now, I said this when I was uh, testifying uh, before a Senate committee, and uh, the, the chair of the committee was uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, he immediately pulled out his uh, mobile phone and said, oh, yeah, what do you mean? And I said, well, go to, go to Google.com, type just the letter A into the search box. And he, he did. And I said, well, chances are the first second third position you're going to see amazon.com and you might see amazon in all three positions it's a possibility and he said well yes i see amazon amazon prime then he then there was a fourth one that had to do obviously with his own personal searches when it and it was quite funny i don't remember what it was and the next one was amazon again and i said the reason uh -huh. why they're trying to send you to Amazon just because you've typed the letter A is because Amazon is Google's largest advertiser and Google is Amazon's single largest source of traffic. This is a business partnership. 
they're not trying to help you with your search. They're trying to manipulate your search. And so, you know, we, our experiments on SSE taught, taught us a lot. But the scariest part of our experiments on SSE is that we could, just by manipulating those suggestions that you flash at people when they're typing a search term, we could turn a 50-50 split among undecided voters into nearly a 90-10 split with no one having the slightest idea they have been manipulated. And again, there's no paper trail here for authorities to trace. You can't go back in time and see what search suggestions mm -hmm. people were shown or search results or, or news right. feeds or lots of other things. Right. So, okay, so this manipulation is happening. Um, you've discovered it. What can be done about it? And what have they done about it based on your research? <laughs> well, there's lots of discoveries. Uh, the one we're studying now is YME, the uh, YouTube manipulation effect, which looks like it's going to be the largest uh, effect we've ever found. And again, people are unaware. So there's lots of discoveries, about a dozen altogether now. Uh, and are people aware? Well, there are few people here and there. Certainly Senator Cruz is aware. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson uh, uh, is aware. Uh, there's a couple of members of Congress. Uh, there's a couple of uh, AGs, uh, attorneys general from various states, who are aware, very much aware. So, yeah, here and there, there's a handful of people who are aware. Uh, President Trump tweeted about um, my research last summer, uh, so the president is aware. Uh, Donald mm -hmm. Trump Jr. published an article just a few weeks ago in Fox News in which he mentioned uh, my work. And so here and there, people are aware. Uh, Tiffany Trump, very much aware. I met with, with her when I was in D.C. a few days ago, and she just finished uh, law school at Georgetown. She, her, her, her specialty is technology and the law. She knows... Here and there, people are aware. Are, are, are people generally aware? No. Uh, do people generally mm -hmm. care? No. Do the Democrats care? Not at all. My fellow Democrats, mm -hmm. well, I'm not, I'm not a registered Democrat, I'm independent, but, but the point is the people who I sympathize with, uh, you know, from a values perspective, uh, they're happy as can be. They are happy as can be because at the moment they're benefiting from these manipulations. And uh, there are plenty of Republicans who also don't really care because they don't like messing with commerce and with companies. They don't like regulation. Hmm. So are people right. aware right. here and there? Are they doing anything? Uh, not too much. I mean, under Obama, and the investigations into... Uh, Google were all immediately shut down in his second term. Um, six oh. federal agencies were being run by former Google executives in Obama's second term. His chief technology officer, former Google executive, uh, Hillary Clinton's chief technology officer, Stephanie Hannon, former Google executive. I mean, literally, D.C. was run by Google. Uh, Google representatives wow. made uh, more than 450 visits to the White House. That's about 10 times more than any other uh, company. Uh, now, under Trump, 
they've all been kicked out. All the Google people have been kicked out. The last, oh, last right. one was from the uh, U.S. Patent Office. Uh, and investigations have started up again. Federal Trade Commission, uh, the Department of Justice, um, very recently because of an executive order he signed, the Federal Communications Commission, uh, both houses of Congress, uh, literally uh, 50 attorneys general are investigating Google. Uh, so lots of hap is happening uh, in the Trump administration. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I have to say uh, the, his administration has been pretty aggressive in taking down and trying to constrain, I should say, trying to constrain these companies. Uh, and last year, uh, uh, Facebook was fined by the Trump administration $5 billion for mishandling uh, user data and violating user privacy. So, you know, there's been some action, but uh, Trump, in my opinion, has no chance of being reelected. And the first thing that's going to happen on January of next year is all of these investigations are going to be shut down. That's why I said before, I think this is a watershed year. I think that we either fight them or we just, that's it. We just turn over a democracy and free speech uh, and human autonomy that we're, we just turn it over to these companies. If, if you were to if you were to summarize for for folks what your solution would be if you have one to to stopping this because um, we've heard suggestions of you know break up the monopoly or, or nobody really knows what that means what even it looks like what would you suggest if you had a you know just to be able to encapsulate what we might do to get out of this mess well well breaking up these companies is would accomplish nothing absolutely nothing uh, the kind of the antitrust solution uh, to the problem accomplishes nothing it doesn't take away the power they have uh, of surveillance of censorship and of manipulation not at all uh, because you can't break up the basic search engine and that's where most of Google's power lies so if you got them to you know get rid of a, a few companies they bought like Fitbit uh, it's, it will barely have any impact at all on the, the kind of obscene power they have to manipulate. Uh, same with Facebook. You can't break up, break up the basic uh, social media uh, part of Facebook. If, if they had to get rid of, uh, of WhatsApp, uh, again, that would make very little difference. If they had to give up Instagram, what it would do is really it would it would enrich the pro the main uh, shareholders because they would benefit from these sales, uh, but their power would not be reduced at all. So in general, law and technology, excuse me, law and regulation cannot keep up with technology. So I don't think hmm. law or regulation uh, is going to solve the problem, and, and they move so slowly, and Congress is so dysfunctional, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, we're going to end up with a complete, you know, sweep by Democrats in D.C. and many places around the country. So that's the end of that. There, there just isn't going to be any any way to, to constrain these companies using law or regulation. So, uh, yes, I have proposed real solutions, practical solutions. Uh, if if your viewers and listeners actually uh, want to help support uh one particular project, I can tell people how to do that. It's, a, it's to go to either mygoogleresearch.com or stopbigtechnow.com. Stopbigtechnow.com. That 
uh, particular uh, web page should be available within the next uh, two days or so. Let's stop big tech now. So what is the, the solution at the moment? Can we predict, for example, the upcoming election in November? And yes, there, there is one thing we can do. In 2016 and 2018, in the weeks before each election, uh, I set up the first ever passive monitoring systems basically to spy on these companies just the way they spy on us and our kids 24-7. Uh, so I set up monitoring systems. What does that mean? That means, well, just like the Nielsen company recruits in secret a lot of families, thousands of families, uh, and observes their television watching, with their permission, of course, uh, we uh, recruited field agents in various states, and we equipped them with special software so we could look over their shoulders as they were uh, doing election-related searches on Google, Bing, and Yahoo. We found in both 2016 and 2018 uh, extreme political bias by Google, by Google, not by Bing or Yahoo, but by Google. Uh, and that level of bias in 2016 was sufficient to have shifted between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes to Hillary Clinton, whom I supported. 2018, that level of bias uh, could have shifted 78.2 million votes to Democrats around the country in hundreds of races. So, you know, uh, the point is monitoring tells you something very important. And this year, we're hoping to set up a system that is uh, more aggressive and that looks at many, many things besides just search results. And we're hoping to make announcements. In the previous elections, we waited until after each election before we, we disclosed uh, what we had found. This year, there's so much at stake. Uh, we are planning to make announcements certainly in those last few weeks, which are the critical weeks, we, we intend to make announcements to members of the press, uh, to members of Congress, to AGs, and so on, indicating what we have found. If we find bias, evidence of manipulation, favoritism, uh, no, matter, no matter where we find it, we're going to announce it. And mm -hmm. this could get these companies to back off, and when they do back off, we'll see it. Uh, and if they don't back off, uh, it's true the federal government, the new, new uh, Democratic-controlled federal government will not go after them, but the AGs will. If they don't back off, mm. we will have massive amounts of data uh, which could be used to bring criminal charges against the leaders of these companies. Because, you see, if you are um, on a massive scale, if you're shifting votes in one direction, that's considered an in-kind campaign donation, and that's a violation of campaign finance law. That's one of the grounds that was used to send Michael Cohen to jail. And the fact is, uh, these, these executives are going to be in trouble. So... I'm guessing they will back off, in which case, at least in, during those, those final critical weeks, we will have a free and fair election. As I say, this year, we either fight them or we surrender democracy to these tech companies. Yeah. You, you mentioned this in, in three areas about uh, manipulation, about 
uh, but also about surveillance and censorship. Um, to talk a little bit about uh, surveillance, um, they are. Um, I think I think most people know, or, or many people know, that your search history is not uh, deleted. Even if you delete it, it's still there and and sort of tagged to you. Is that correct? Yes, your search history, um, all of your Gmails. Uh, if you write to anyone who uses Gmail, then all of your emails are not only recorded, archived permanently, but they're analyzed and information is extracted from them that goes into your profile and the profile of everyone who's mentioned in those emails, including your kids. Uh, but it's, you know, it, so it's... Wait, it's so you know, all the emails, including the private ones where you say things you wouldn't want anybody to read, the ones that you sort of mark confidential, don't tell anybody, all that is nevertheless public to Google uh, if you use Gmail. That's correct. And even the ones you don't send, the really, really crazy ones that you don't send, uh, it, they're still recorded by Google. So you're just typing away and then you... What do you mean? Like the, the draft email yes. that you, you sort of type out, the angry email, and you're like, oh, no, I won't send that, but it, it gets recorded nonetheless. The draft email that you end up, you know, you come to your right mind, finally, maybe, maybe, and you delete it and say, I'm not sending it. That's still stored by Google, still analyzed. Uh, but it's, you know... Again, it goes, you know, all, all we've mentioned so far is search history and, and Gmail, but they're actually monitoring people now over more than 200 different platforms, not just two, 200, 200, most of which people are completely unaware of. Uh, if you use a Fitbit device, Google is monitoring all of the physiological data coming from your Fitbit device, which is, of course, internet connected, uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, wow. Google Docs uh, is a fantastic source of information uh, for them. Google deliberately gives all of their, their premium services free of charge to educational institutions around the world, elementary schools, high schools, colleges, top universities use Google and all of that information is being recorded and analyzed. Top news organizations, including the New York Times and The Guardian, use Google services and all, every single thing they're doing, all the, all the, uh, the confidential emails they're exchanging with sources of stories, all the attachments, all of that is being uh, recorded and analyzed by Google. In fact, that kind of information is considered, I know from my, my, my sources, uh, extreme high-value content uh, at Google. Hmm. Uh, so the, wow. if you have a Nest thermostat in your home, well, when Google bought the company, um, the first thing they did was add a microphone to it. Uh, more recently, they've added a camera to it. So the Nest thermostat is observing everything that's happening in your home. Google has uh, been granted patents in recent years for analyzing sounds coming from microphones in your home so that they can, from the sounds, determine whether your kids are brushing their, their teeth enough, what your sex life is like, uh, what your relationships are like. Maybe you need some counseling. 
you know, the, the this is all information which they monetize. They monetize. This is how they make their money. They have no actual products. You and your okay. kids are the product. Okay, so this sounds way too conspiratorial. Um, the Nest, very popular thermostat, has a microphone in it that's listening to you. Yes, and the new versions have a camera. But uh, what is what is what is a what does a thermostat need a microphone for anyway? But okay, so wait, there's there's a question in all of this because okay, so we were told, or, or you know, back in the day, you were told, oh, you know, information from you, yes, it's collected, but it's anonymous, and it's sort of aggregate information that gets forwarded to the company, and blah blah blah. So it's not really information on you per se. They don't have like your name down um, and, and can come back to you with it. Or is that the case? Uh, yeah, I don't know that that was ever the case, but it's, it, it certainly has not been the case for at least 10 years. The uh, Google and Facebook, they know exactly who you are. Even if you don't sign in to a Google, Google product, they know exactly who you are. Uh, they know it from the the IP address associated with your computer. They know it from what's called browser fingerprinting. Um, they can identify you uh, instantly. They know exactly who you are. Now, I personally use technology a little differently than most people do. If your if your viewers go to a website uh, a URL which is myprivacytips.com, that's myprivacytips.com. They can read an article of mine in which I explain how I use uh, technology. And the first sentence is, uh, I have not received a targeted ad on my mobile phone or computers uh, since 2014. Uh, so mm. you, you, you mm. can use the Internet f fully, absolutely fully, uh, without uh, uh, giving up your identity and without giving away you know, massive amounts of personal information. I mean, the fact is, if you're a grown-up and you've been using the Internet for maybe close to 20 years, um, Google alone has the equivalent of about 3 million pages of information about you. And yes, I really said 3 million. Uh, wow. Yeah. People have absolutely no idea. Okay. They, they, people have no idea. They don't know. Right. And, and, and you're a sane guy. You're a very educated guy. And you've done the studies to prove it and have heard the testimony. And you're studying this of the, the, the whistleblowers from inside Facebook and Google who have come out and said this. So I think a lot, for a lot of us, for a lot of people, it's about waking up and actually realizing that this stuff is real it's not a conspiracy theory um one of the probably the most fascinating things that i read uh that you talked about was in addition to the google search engine and the gmail which is just absolutely horrendous in addition to like even nest thermostats but there's also your own phone uh can you tell us a little bit about that yes well if you use an android phone uh I mean, that's ridiculous, uh, the, because Android is an operating system which Google, uh, well, borrowed and then basically enhanced uh, so that they could monitor you 
even when you're offline. In other words, if you're offline on your mobile device and it's an Android device, it's still tracking every single thing you do. It's tracking every piece of music you listen to on your device and maybe every movie that you watch and every memo that you take and and so on. Your shopping lists, the moment you go back online, uh, all the new information is immediately uploaded to Google. So Android is an, an extremely aggressive uh, surveillance tool. Um, you know, uh, Chrome, the Chrome browser, that's why they created a browser because they, the search engine wasn't enough. Search engine only gave them information if you were searching for something uh, and then went to a website. Yeah. But uh, they, so they had to develop Chrome, which is a browser, uh, because some people just go directly to websites without going through uh, Google. So Chrome gives them everything. Chrome lets them monitor every single thing you're doing online, period, whether you're going through Google or not, or using any Google products. By the way, you agree to this, you agree to all this surveillance, because under their terms of service, which we all agree to, according to the terms of service, whenever we use a Google product, even if we don't know we're using a Google product, the terms of service says, we can track you. If you're using anything that we created, we have the right to track you. And by using <laughs> using anything that we've created, you're you're giving permission. I mean it's again, it just it makes the head spin because in some ways it, it sounds it doesn't sound like a conspiracy theory, it just sounds like this is nuts. Um right. but that's actually it's almost impossible that we've gotten to this place because I mean if if people generally believed that Every search, everything you look up in the internet, everywhere you go, uh, you're being tracked and followed such that they know it's you and they could come back to you with such information. I mean, people search on the internet things that are so intimate to themselves that they wouldn't tell their spouses or their kids or whatever about this stuff. And yet it's all out there owned, uh, uh, in the information owned and given to a company that you didn't no, you agreed to, and yet this is happening. Uh, that's that's correct. And by the way, if people want more information uh, about these problems, there's a wonderful documentary that features my research. It's called The Creepy Line. Uh, and if you go to thecreepyline.com, uh, you can learn about this documentary. It's a full-length documentary. It came out about a year and a half ago. And... Uh, it's also on Amazon. It's on iTunes. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you can uh, you can watch it for free, uh, and it's an excellent film. It really uh, it really explains these three big areas: surveillance, censorship, and manipulation. Explains them, I think, very clearly. It's got some it's got some great graphics. So I recommend that highly. Uh, again, if people want to figure out how to use the internet a little differently, they can go to myprivacytips.com. Uh, if they if they're interested in learning about or helping to support our uh, monitoring systems, especially the the one we're building this year, um, they can go to stopbigtechnow.com, uh, and that 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 website should be up uh, within the next uh, day or two. Stopbigtechnow.com. So yeah, okay. the surveillance is out of control uh, personal devices are listening to you so you're 
mobile phones are listening to you. Your Alexa device, which is an Amazon product, is listening to you, never stops listening or recording. Uh, the Google Assistant, which is on Android devices, always listening. And of course, uh, Google Home, the Google Home device, which is like Alexa, is always listening. And uh, Google has been trying very hard to convince people to put the home device into every single room in the home. That's why it's called Google Home, because they want to own your home. Wow. And this is this is listening even when you don't say, hey, Siri or, or, or um, Alexa or call out the machine they're supposed to turn on. They're actually listening before that because they're uh, and recording is what you're saying. Oh, it never stops listening. They, they never stop listening. I mean, that's been proven over and over again. And we've done experiments on that ourselves. And uh, they, they, they never stop listening and recording. Never. There's a court case now in which so, the uh, prosecution, it was a domestic violence case. The prosecution actually subpoenaed uh, the uh, audio records uh, from the house in which an Alexa device uh, was set up. And they actually subpoenaed audio records from Amazon and sure enough, the audio records had recorded the argument. Uh, th- I mean, there's just no question that these devices are doing this. So they're recording private arguments between spouses, the, 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 the sexual encounters between spouses, fights with between children, everything. 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 And as I say, there, uh, Google has been issued patents recently uh, on methods for interpreting the sounds uh, that they're recording, and more and more, they're, of course, they're trying to get cameras into your home, too. It's, it's like Big Brother, you know, from 1984, except it's Big Brother mm-hmm. on, on steroids. Uh, I, mean, it's, yeah. I mean, this would have been, no one, no one ever imagined, uh, you know, surveillance on this level, manipulation on this level. And, of course, the third area is, uh, is censorship. Uh, which is also uh, let's let's get yeah. in, let's get into that a little bit. What what is what does censorship look like? I mean, I know at LifeSite we have been experiencing that. We've we've had our uh, search engine rankings go all over the place every once in a while for some reason, and then certain things are blocked. Uh, certain ads we want to run are blocked. Certain petitions are blocked, uh, particularly around COVID. Certain videos, even. I, I know that uh, YouTube uh, is owned by Google, and so one of our videos was just taken off. We tried to appeal it, and there's no. It seems that there's no appeal. It's just sort of tough luck. It's gone. Um, what is? What are they doing with censorship, and how are they doing it? Censorship is another big area. They, uh, one of the most fascinating leaks from Google last year was a two-minute video. This is uh, leaked by a, a former senior software engineer at Google named Zach Voorhees, who might be a very interesting guest for you. Uh, and he, one of the things he brought out with him, besides 950 pages of documents, which he sent over to the Department of Justice, is a two-minute video in which the head of YouTube is talking to her staff about, well, really, censorship, about how they're modifying their algorithm to boost content on YouTube that they think is authoritative and to demote content that they think is not authoritative. That's censorship. Hmm. That's what censorship is, and that's why a lot of people, Dennis Prager, for example, who, who runs something called Dennis Prager University, 
have found that dozens of his videos have pretty much disappeared or been restricted uh, on YouTube. And the fact is this censorship is occurring on all these platforms. So uh, Google removes, of course, websites from its uh, search results or demotes them, which is pretty much the same thing. Uh, at Twitter, Twitter suppresses tweets. Uh, so Ann Coulter, whom I know, you know, has uh, more than a million followers. And now and then when she tweets something, she gets the impression, <laughs> she gets the impression <laughs> that no one's getting her tweet. And uh, uh, there's no question we know, again, because of leaks from Twitter, that in fact Twitter does this. It's, 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 it's called shadow banning, and they really do it, and they do it uh, to suit their needs. I mean, as you know, Twitter, of course, has, been, has put some warnings on some of uh, President Trump's uh, tweets, uh, obviously, yes, we know very well. Twitter has banned our account and has been banned for uh, many, many months now. So we know very well. Um, I mean, there's, there's just no question. Yeah. That, and, and, and of course, we have to, again, regardless of our political affiliation, we really have to ask, do we want a private company that's not accountable to the public, any public, anywhere in the world, to, deciding, to, to be deciding what 2.5 billion people around the world can or cannot see. See, I'm not saying that that's sometimes some offensive material shouldn't be shouldn't be taken down. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying who makes yeah. the decision? And at the moment, the decision making is entirely in the hands of a couple of executives, uh, very arrogant executives, by the way, in Silicon Valley. Yeah. That is, I mean, we are going to look back on that someday and realize what the heck were we doing? How did we ever allow that? Again, think of what Eisenhower said back in 1961. We have to be vigilant, or if not, we are going to be run by a technological elite without us even knowing that this is occurring. Uh, took a while, but that's exactly where we are now. We are being run by a technological elite. They're manipulating us in at least a dozen different ways that I've discovered. They're manipulating us again through just deciding what content we can see or not see. And then, of course, they're <laughs> surveilling us. They're surveilling us um, to a degree that's, that's just uh, that's, uh, quite frightening. Very good. Well, if you can, just in wrapping up, give us some practical things that people can do to gain some freedom back and to educate their own family and friends on either side of the spectrum, just so that they can get more accurate information, stop being surveilled themselves, uh, overcome some of the censorship and, and, and really lessen the manipulation in their lives. Well, if people want to, to see how I use the internet and how I protect myself and my family, they can go to myprivacytips.com. Again, that's myprivacytips.com. Uh, about half of that article that I wrote is about uh, getting away from Google. You have to get away from Google. That's the first thing. So you have mm -hmm. to, I say, jettison Gmail. <laughs> For example, you must not use Gmail. You can uh, keep your account open uh, because they already have all that information. So you can certainly keep it open. So you have that as a kind of archive. They, they have it anyway. There's no harm done. Uh, but you have to you have to move on. You have to move on to a, a type of email service that preserves privacy. So the one I use and recommend at the moment is called Proton Mail. 
It's based in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. It's subject to very strict Swiss uh, privacy laws. Uh, uh, the basic service is free. Eventually, if you're using it heavily, uh, you have to pay a, f a few dollars each month. But my, my goodness, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely uh, worth it. Absolutely worth it. Because mm -hmm. if you're writing proton mail to proton mail, you're completely protected. The, the information is encrypted end-to-end, -end, which means even the people at ProtonMail can't read it. And that's how it should be. That's how right. communication should be. And again, you've got to yeah. dump Chrome, Google's browser. You've got to dump Android, which is Google's operating system. So part of the article is about... And that's all, that means all Android phones, right? It means uh, almost all Android phones, yeah. Certainly uh, the vast mm -hmm. majority of them. There, there are a few... Android phones, which strip away Google's uh, surveillance uh, tools, uh, but ba yeah, generally speaking, yeah, you have you have to avoid Android. Uh, you know, you you that's again a big part of it is just getting away from uh, Google. There are actually uh, some websites and articles written just on that topic, which is how to get away from uh, from Google. Uh, the the search engine, of course, is a that was their original surveillance tool. Well, you know what? There are other search engines. Uh, they're not always as good, but StartPage.com, which is also based in uh, Switzerland, StartPage actually draws from Google, so it gives you pretty good search mm -hmm. results because it's drawing from Google. Uh, and then I use one right. called SwissCows.com, believe it or not, and SwissCows.com mm -hmm. is pretty darn good so there are some alternatives anyway go to myprivacytips.com uh, and then you can learn how at the individual level the personal level you can take some steps uh, at the higher level of course we eventually need some authorities to do some pretty dramatic things at the moment i would say it's unlikely those things are going to be done uh, senator cruz himself mm -hmm. said to me he said, the problem is the Democrats are benefiting from these companies and also getting huge donations from these companies and getting lots of votes. <laughs> and he said, the Republicans, mm -hmm. we don't like to regulate, he said, so we're pretty much stuck. Uh, but we all have to keep wow. fighting. We've got to fight at that high level. Uh, we've got to get monitoring systems set up, for example. That can be done. Uh, that, that, that's, yeah. that doesn't threaten anyone's politics i mean monitoring systems have to become permanent around the world because uh monitoring systems are tech and tech can keep up with tech so monitoring systems around the world they can protect us they can protect free speech they can protect human autonomy they can protect democracy and so that's one of my goals just to try to see if I can get systems like this uh, set up in such a way that they're permanent. And again, if people want to help uh, support the creation of this year's uh, election monitoring system, uh, they can go to stopbigtechnow.com, and that, that website should be up within a day or two. Excellent. Excellent. Dr. Epstein, I want to thank you very much for your time, uh, for being with us, for explaining these things to us. You've given us a lot to chew on and uh, i think for the the sake of democracy and civil society we really need to uh 
a in our own lives get rid of these things because recognize the censorship manipulation um, that we're undergoing ourselves but also fight for it uh, and in terms of fighting for it we're really fighting for democracy itself exactly well thank you for taking an interest in my work i appreciate it thank you for joining us in this episode of the john henry weston show please remember to like and share this video and if you haven't already done so please subscribe to this channel by hitting the subscribe button below and clicking the bell to be notified of all future episodes for life site news this is john henry weston and may god bless you